The COVID-19 pandemic has changed life for all of us. But even before this, we were already fighting an epidemic, the battle against chronic disease. And those with chronic diseases are at highest risk of contracting severe coronavirus infections. So how do we protect ourselves during these uncertain times? But more importantly, how do we view health? Welcome to the Glass Half Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jonar, a physician board certified in internal medicine and certified in lifestyle medicine. In this podcast, I want to address the current crisis of chronic disease and to challenge the conventional attitude towards health. We will be exploring these issues with thought-provoking guests to help redefine what health should mean for all of us. I hope to inspire you to take action towards a happier, thriving life because good health comes to those who expect it. What is up, everyone? I am your host, Dr. Jonar, and this is my podcast, The Glass Half Healthy. Welcome, loyal fans and first-time listeners to my podcast. Ranked in the best 21 medical podcasts to subscribe to in 2021 by Board Vitals. Still very honored by this. Appreciate everyone's support so far and hope to continue bringing you great guest discussions to help inspire you along your health journey. That said, we got a great one this week with our guest, my friend, Dr. Paristu Jungkook, who's here to talk about gut health. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Glass Half Healthy is brought to you by Beats. Beets are a good source of fiber, containing 3.4 grams of fiber per cup of beetroot, which is great for your gut. So the next time you want to add more fiber to your diet, just beat it. Beets, wherever fresh produce is sold. Okay, back to the pod. This is our 28th episode, and the title is Good Health Takes Guts, with my friend, Dr. Paristu Jungkook who I am honored to say is our very first GI doctor on the show. Dr. Jungkook is a dual board certified physician in internal medicine and gastroenterology with extensive research completed at Johns Hopkins University and at Heinrich Hein University in Dusseldorf, Germany. Her expertise is in functional GI disorders, including irritable bowel syndrome. So in this episode, Dr. Jungkook takes us through all things GI, a kind of beginner course on the gut, how it works, and how our understanding has evolved over time. We briefly talk about the gut microbiome, the microscopic organisms that live in our gut. You'd be surprised to hear how many actually exist inside of us, which we'll get to in more detail in a bit. We also discuss how things like diet, certain activities, people you live with, including the pets in your house, affect your gut microbiome, and how disruption of the microbiome can have adverse effects on gut health and overall health. We then talk about the gut as our second brain and how mindset and stress management can benefit you by way of your gut. So let's get to it and enter the pod with Dr. Paristu Jungkook. Okay, thanks for coming on the show, Dr. Parasu Jungkook. I know you have been busy. You just made the big move across the country in the middle of the pandemic during the summertime of last year, 2020. Now you're settled in Austin, Texas. You are busy with a virtual summit right now, which is amazing. I got to check it out. 
And then just wanted to know how, how are things with you overall? Um, hi, thanks for having me here. Um, sure. I'm really thrilled to be here and be a part of your podcast. I really enjoy listening to your podcast and I wanted to, you know, personally thank you for what you're doing and the content that you're creating for people. I think we are living in a time that there is an immense need in terms of having access to really evidence-based data and scientific facts. And I appreciate what you're doing here and you are really striving to educate people. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you likewise with your, your GI Summit. I mean, I think, you know, we talked offline about this. I think it's so important now more than ever for us as physicians to get this information out to the general public because there's so much information floating out there and it's hard for any one person who's not in the medical field who's not a scientist to kind of sift through all of that right and so that's what i hope for this podcast to have experts like yourself who you know have a specific expertise that they can talk to about their field that relates to health right and so i know you have extensive training in gastroenterology and we you know shorten it to just gi right you did training and right. research at you know some of the most prestigious institutions. You have a research fellowship from the renowned Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. And so I wanted you here today to talk to our audience about gut health. This is my first time actually having a gastroenterologist on the show. So thank you for being the first one. And Of course. Yeah, and, and so I'm really excited about it because I think this can be like an intro class to gut health, right? Like a gut health 101, and you are our professor. So to me, the gut is interesting because if you think about it, it's one of the few natural pathways into and out of the body. And, you know, among the many functions it has, we get our nutrition through the gut. So for our audience, what exactly is gut health? Like what, why is it important and why should we even care about it? Uh, that's a great question. I think uh, gut health has evolved. The definition of gut health has evolved through, uh, throughout the last decade or so. And uh, definitely one of the contributors to this fact has been uh, the gut microbiome that came into play. So as you brought up traditionally, gut, which basically means our digestive system, was known to keep us alive just by providing us with nutrients, right? And mm. that was the main function of our gut. But then now since 2008, uh, when the Human Microbiome Project started, we have gained numerous data. It's amazing, mind-blowing data about the role of all these microbes that live within our gut or within our digestive system. And they only not, and they not only contribute to our gut health and help the main digestive system function, which is you know providing us with nutrients, but they also affect other organs. They affect our heart, they affect our brain, they affect our metabolism, and they mainly they affect our immune system. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So, you know, you mentioned microbiome. So, you know, there, there's a lot of talk out there, especially over the past 
you know, couple years. People love talking about the gut microbiome these days. So for some of our listeners who may not even have heard of what that is, what does this really mean? What is this gut microbiome that we talk about and what role does it serve in gut health? Uh, so uh, gut microbiome basically consists of all these microscopic organisms that are living inside our digestive system. They comprise of viruses, bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and parasites. So there are all these uh, microscopic organisms that live within us. We think that there are over trillions of these I would like to uh, refer to them as sneaky creatures uh, within <laughs> our digestive system. And they really affect a lot of our vital functions. So basically, they're alive. They uh, eat off of the food that we put in our mouth, and they produce metabolites, which we call them postbiotics. And those metabolites can affect our immune system, they can affect our digestive system, they can affect our metabolism, and so forth. So, you know, it's very interesting and mind-blowing to think that we are not alone as a person, as an individual. Right. We are, we are just like not alone. It's there, there is more than trillion living creatures within our body and they have a critical role in our health and disease. Wow, that's really crazy to even think about. Trillions, huh? Yes, trillions. And, you know, just to uh, <laughs> take this one step further, it's amazing if you think that they weigh about, we think that our microbiome, our gut microbiome weighs about five pounds, and our brain weighs only three pounds. So wow. basically, our gut microbiome uh, or uh, this, all these creatures that are living within us, they weigh more than our brain. And to put it in the concept, they may actually have as much an important role in our life as our brain does. <laughs> wow, that's crazy to think about. I mean, especially with it weighing more than the brain and the fact that we have all these they're living, right? They're living organisms inside of us. We're, we're really never alone then, huh? <laughs> we are never alone. <laughs> you should watch out. So that's what I tell my patients. I always say this is this five pounds is the way you don't want to lose. So yeah, right. that... <laughs> don't want to lose so that weight. Lose or... that weight, right? So let, let me ask you trillions of this microbiota. Are they all good? I mean, are some of them bad? Like, what are they, what, what's like the breakdown of these, these microbiota? Uh, that's an amazing question. Um, we know for a fact that they're not all good. So we have okay. beneficial versus pathologic, um, so uh, microbiome or microbes uh, within our body. Um, so usually in a normal healthy condition, under normal healthy condition, uh, uh, the balance between the beneficial and pathologic bacteria, or let's call them microbes, not bacteria, uh, there is a balance, and that balance mm -hmm. is very important. Mm -hmm. If for any reason there is an imbalance between mm -hmm. these two populations, mm -hmm. and the pathologic microbes, they grow over our beneficial microbes, that's when dysbiosis happens. And dysbiosis is something that can dictate 
you know, the ultimate health. So we don't want to get to that point. Uh, mm-hmm. We always want our microbes to be living in a very healthy and very balanced relationship. Sure, sure. So, you know, I think in, in medical speak, when we went through med school and training, they often talk about, you know, our, our gut floor, this microbiome as, you know, a sort of symbiotic relationship where exactly. like, you know, we benefit mm-hmm. from them, they benefit from us. So what you're saying is this dysbiosis is when that is out of balance, correct? Exactly. Dysbiosis is when uh, there, there is no symbiotic relationship. And uh, a lot of factors can actually lead to this dysbiosis. So mainly, I think uh, whatever we put in our mouth can mm-hmm. just affect this balance uh, and there's the symbiosis. So a lot of drugs that we use, mainly mm-hmm. antibiotics, NSAIDs, they can just affect this balance. I see. But, uh, you know, if we're putting anything in our mouth, that includes nutrition too, right? So this exactly. would have a big play in it. Right, right. We know for sure that uh, a diet that is rich in plants and uh, is diverse in plants is going to be the best food for our beneficial bacteria. And that's how it's, you know, it's just crazy. All this research is going into this field now that by um, working on your diet, you can actually affect your you know, microbiome and then make your microbiome serve you in a best way. That's awesome to hear, especially because I've been plant-based since 2017. So right. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on the so, right track. <laughs> so you are for sure. Yeah. And a lot of other people out there that, you know, do eat predominantly plants. But I mean, I think this is, you know, uh, the data is great to confirm what a lot of different cultures have been doing for a long period of time, right? They've been eating predominantly plants. So, you know, plants, veggies, fruits, legumes, all this stuff is good for not just your health, but your gut microbiome. And it keeps that symbiotic relationship healthy and intact. So that's great to hear that that's that's actually the case in real life. And so what are some of the other things? We talked about drugs. We talked about nutrition. What are some of the other things that can affect this microbiome? So a lot of things can affect the microbiome. It's very interesting. So to just name a few exercise, we know these days that exercise, uh, exercise affects uh, the population of the microbes in our gut. So in the field, uh, in the GI field and functional uh, GI disorders, there are data coming out supporting the role of meditation and mindfulness in our gut microbiome, which is mind-blowing. We just like, uh, you know, there are just recent data pointing towards mindset work, you know, mindfulness, yoga, affecting uh, the microbiome population, breathing exercises, affecting our microbiota. Also very important, I think, uh, going back to basics, who we live with. So we share our microbiome with people we live with. Right? Who we live because with, interesting. Yes, who we live with. So, and uh, also our pets. That's so another pets included too, not yes, just, wow, included. that's crazy. Right. So right. you just mentioned uh, you, got a, you got a pup, right? A dog. <laughs> we just got a puppy. <laughs> was, it, sure. was it just for the microbiome? <laughs> I'm not sure how he's serving our microbiome. 
uh, I would like to be positive, to think positive. <laughs> so, yeah. With this good, you know, and healthy microbiome, like, what does it specifically do to like improve our health? Like, are there the things that we've pinpointed through data and and the evidence that points towards it promoting? you know, a healthy body? Like, what are those, what are those main things? So the main, uh, the main theory uh, is coming from the fact that basically when we feed our microbiome with plants and diverse fiber, so the microbes actually, they're going to use this as their food, as their nutrients, and then they uh, produce uh, short-chain fatty acids or beauty rays. So these short-chain fatty acids and butyrates are the food for our digestive system. They are the food for the cells that line uh, uh, throughout. They are the lining. They you know they make the lining of whole our whole digestive system uh, mm-hmm. or digestive mm-hmm. cells. So that's the essential role of gut microbiome in our digestive system to mm-hmm. basically feed our cells with the right food. So, um, exactly. So that's a pro uh, that's an anti-inflammatory effect, um, you know, to put it in a context and just like prevents from inflammation in GI system, prevents from colon cancer and a lot of other inflammatory status. But we know also that, uh, we have an extensive network of immune cells, uh, dispersed throughout our GI system and these microbes uh, work closely with those immune cells through the uh, postbiotics, which are their metabolites. And uh, they can have a role in our immune system in the way that our body fights infections or in the way that body uh, actually ends up fighting through diseases of autoimmune system. Interesting. Interesting. So it's kind of multiple roles. So one is these microbiome are able to produce these things called postbiotics, like you were just saying, that are in a way healthy foods for our gut lining, but also other organs, right? But that they Mm -hmm. also promote anti-inflammatory properties. So it would help with a host of things like you just mentioned. So fighting off infections, but also, you know, helping to mitigate or even prevent autoimmune disease from happening. Right. And exactly. then even like you said cancer too, right? Cancer, cancer colon right. cancer. That's yeah. really, really interesting. So butyrate is like one of the main things that's that's kind of like the anti-inflammatory like compound, if you want to call it, that helps with this whole process, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Butyrate and short chain fatty acids, they're um, the well-known uh, products uh, of microbiome that play a significant role in our gut health. But just like, you know, I wanted actually uh, to bring it one step uh, deeper because uh, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, the research is going crazy and all these data coming and the effect of our gut in our mental health and in our brain. We now know that uh, 95% of serotonin in our body is produced by our gut microbiome. Serotonin, as you know, is just like this prominent metabolite or hormone in our nervous system that plays a significant role in our mood, in our 
disease and a lot of diseases of nervous system, there is an imbalance uh, of serotonin compared to other hormones. So just let that sink in that you think these are the microbes that in our body, they, you know, they're affecting our brain, they're affecting our gut, they're affecting our immune system. They also affect our heart and the research is going the direction that obesity, so one of the targets of uh, treating obesity in future is actually working on our microbiome through all these metabolites and postbiotics. Wow, that's you know mind blowing. It, it the, is the gut. It really is. I mean, the gut has such a plays such a big role in all these different processes. Whether you're talking about the brain, the heart, you know, just so many different things. That's really crazy to think about. And so you touched on some of this. You you said it a little bit before about this whole interaction between the brain and gut. So, we, you know, people have talked about this second brain of ours, right? And so for our listeners, this is existing inside our gut. So what are we really referring to here? What is, what is this called, this second brain of ours? Uh, very good question. Um, so, you know, uh, the idea of uh, brain-gut or gut-brain access or connection uh, came into play uh, during the last few years. Mm -hmm. But then now we know that we actually, be, besides the gut, and brain, there is a separate entity, which is our microbiome, which I'm sure that soon it's going to be announced as an organ, as a separate organ in our body, like our brain, like our heart. Really? So just, yes. Imagine you have brain, which is, you know, your upper brain, let's call it mm -hmm. upper brain, which is our main brain we use, you know, in day, every day, sort of like deciding, <laughs> right, thinking, yeah. feelings, you know, everything. We, we all know our first brain. Our second brain is basically the complex network of autonomic nervous system that lies within the walls of our digestive system. Okay, mm -hmm. So it's a neural network that is there. We call it lower brain or second brain. But there is a third separate entity within our gut, which is microbiome. So now we are more talking about brain-gut microbiota axis. Uh, which is sort of like this fascinating concept that whatever happens in our gut affects our brain and whatever happens in our brain is affecting our gut. So the things that happen in our gut can affect our brain through microbiome or no, only through this complex neurohormonal pathway because our brain is connected to our gut, which is our second brain, through a very complex neurohormonal pathway. Just to give you an example, just have the audience sort of like have a better idea of what I'm talking about. Just imagine when you get stressed out, a lot of our patients with irritable bowel syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, when they get stressed out, they get diarrhea. Mm -hmm. So they have to go multiple times. They just basically have frequent bowel movements. They have loose bowel movements. Why does this happen? That happens because uh, the signals that brain under stressful situations sends to our gut and just causes all these pathways to get hyper excited and go into sort of like a a condition of hypermotility. So affects the motility of the so gut. It goes like really and fast. Causes, 
Exactly. And just makes everything move fast. So these are in constant communication with each other, our brain and our gut. And then the microbiome is, a, you know, basically a different entity within our body, as we discussed earlier. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's very interesting stuff. I mean, it's it's very cutting edge, you know, information like you, to think all of these things kind of interplay with one another and how quickly it affects one or the other, right? And, you know, people who don't even have irritable bowel syndrome, I mean, there, there's, you know, so many people that we, we might know that when they get nervous or they feel stressed out, they feel like throwing mm -hmm. up or might even actually throw up. Sure, they feel nauseous, exactly. Right? Right. So, you know, what you're saying about like the direct interaction between what's going on in our brain and then what happens in our gut, I mean, it's very relatable on like a day-to-day -day basis. So that's Absolutely. really interesting stuff. So, and, you know, the, the, this, you know, kind of tying this together with my next point in question, the link of our mental and emotional states, you know, to the gut, it is very interesting to me because we just mentioned these certain situations where someone feels like a stressful event or someone gets nervous. And then, you know, that has, you know, it manifests symptoms with like, you know, nausea, vomiting, like you mentioned diarrhea or even with people with gut disorders, like you mentioned, irritable bowel syndrome, right? So in layman's terms, you know, can you walk us through exactly how and why this sort of thing happens? Like what, what are the, what are the specific, I mean, you know, in general, I guess for our listeners, like what are some of the, like the triggers and then how does it like send the signal down? Like what exactly happens? Uh, sure. Um, so as I said before, so there is our, just imagine our brain, our main brain. So our main brain sends signals of every organ of our body, right? It's just like basically the pilot. Tell mm -hmm. everybody, every organ, what to do, what not to do. So our gut has a very extensive nervous system that we call it enteric nervous system or ENS, which is a prominently autonomic nervous system. Um, and and so, just as an aside, when you say autonomic nervous system, what does that mean for like our, our listeners? Because they might not know what that really entails. So we have a motor, uh, we have motor nervous system, sensory nervous system, and autonomic nervous system. Autonomic mm -hmm. nervous system is that part of our nervous system that basically uh, is mainly working in fight and flight, what we call it a fight and flight situation. And uh, they basically, are, usually we are unconscious about their function. So, uh, so it you know, when like you want, exactly involuntarily. And mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, mainly in fight and flight when we get excited, when we get stressed, when we have to run. Uh, when we feel like we are in danger, that's when our autonomic nervous system gets activated and actually help us to overcome that stressful situation. Gotcha. And we're, we're and when you talk about that, we're talking specifically about the sympathetic nervous system, right? Because there's exactly. two types in the autonomic, right? And the other, the other one is the parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest. Rest and digest, exactly. Yes, there are two parts to our autonomic nervous system, as you brought up, sympathetic, which is fight and flight, and parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. Cool, yeah. So then, when, sorry to interrupt your point, just so that they, you know, our listeners can get a good understanding of that autonomic nervous system. So how does that fit into this then? So our uh, second brain, our gut, is comprised mainly of basically sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. It's autonomic nervous system. 
So it's and a combination it's, of the both. It's a combination of both. And is in constant uh, dialogue with our brain. Hmm. That's how digestion happens. So when we basically, when the food is in our brain, uh, there are sensory signals going from within our stomach into our brain and uh, telling our brain that, hey, food is here, I need to move. On the other side, then brain sends signals through this connection, through this neuronal pathway, either sympathetic, parasympathetic, uh, to cause motility, to induce motility. So uh, our digestive system has this rhythmic movements and contractions throughout uh, that propels food forward. If we remove these movements, the food does not go down with gravity only. So we need all these signals to come and push the food throughout our digestive system. And that happens constantly with this communication between our brain and our digestive system. Interesting. Uh, again, so there's like a constant crosstalk going exactly. on. Exactly. It's a, it's a highway, like a complex highway of neurons, which are nervous cells, and also their metabolites, which are hormones. So we say it's a neurohormonal pathway or crosstalk, as you nicely you know, brought that up. That's very cool. Really interesting stuff. I mean, just like in your day to day, too, like you can kind of feel that happening like in real time. Like, you know, if you're you know, in the middle of work or let's say you're you're a student, you're taking an exam, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can have those like grumbling feelings going on in your stomach so that, you know, that's what's probably at play there. Right. I mean, exactly. Right. So yeah. we all went through that. Right. Going to school back then i remember i had the same issue sort of like getting nervous feeling yeah. like okay you know i just like <laughs> there is an unsettling feeling in, in, yeah you most, know. i mean it's all well too familiar with myself for sure when i was <laughs> <in med school. laughs> so so it's uh metaphorically uh we say gut feeling right it's, it's right. not the same thing obviously but right it's right totally but that's different. kind of like but Right, where yeah. that those sayings come from, or like you know, go with your gut, right? Exactly. Like you because, can kind of mm -hmm. you can kind of feel it because I mean, it, it you know, like you were just mentioning, there's there's all this constant crosstalk with your brain, so like it really does feel like that because your brain's working inside your gut, right? Right. Yeah. It's just like, have you felt this butterfly in the stomach when you get yeah. nervous? Yeah. Or, so or that's you, the mm -hmm. right. Or like, you know, when I met my wife for the first time, I felt those butterflies. I Aww. hope she's out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you're still feeling the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we should just yeah, say that. Yeah. So, I, OK, so then this link, I mean, you know, you mentioned you were talking about with some of the patients you work with, right? You often talk about this mindset work, especially for those with gut disorders like IBS or functional GI disorders. So for people who don't follow you, follow you online just yet, what are we talking about when we talk about mindset in this context? Like, what does this mean and how can, the, you know, this type of work help with patients you work with or even our listeners who might be suffering from a GI disorder, or let's say even like, you know, some type of psych disorder, whether it be like anxiety or, you know, some type of phobia, like how can this all help those people? So 
Great. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to share this secret with you. I, I really think that's a secret because I think that's going to revolutionize the concept of gastropsychology in uh, near future. I bring up an example for you here uh, for our audience uh, in order to understand exactly the concept of mindset work in gut health or the sure. function of our GI system. Let's go back to uh, that well-known example that we talked about that we have an exam and we get stressed out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would just like begin with telling you that there are certain facts around any events in our life and there are thoughts. So there are facts versus thoughts. So the fact here is that you have an exam. So everybody agrees on that, right? If I just like ask you, if I grab somebody uh, running on the street, you know, they can testify that you have an exam. So we can go to the court of law and just like sort of like uh, they prove that you have the exam. But you have your thoughts around that fact. So your thoughts, what are your thoughts? I'm going to fail. I cannot do well. I don't know everything I needed to know. So these are only your thoughts. How did you so know I thought I... those things? <laughs> <laughs> we all do. So that's the function of our brain. So, you know, that's right. the function of our brain to offer us all these limiting thoughts mm-hmm. instead of abundance thoughts. Right. So these are all these thoughts around that. So if, you know, I may think, Jonar knows everything and he's going to do great in the exam, but you are thinking that you're not good enough. You may not pass this test. You don't know everything and you need to know. So that those thoughts are basically the source of all this stress and emotion. Mm. The fact mm-hmm. that you have an exam is not causing all this stress. Right. That's only a fact. The thought that you have around that specific circumstance is causing all this stress. So basically what I want to say is that stress is doesn't really exist. It's just like a thought, right? Stress mm-hmm. is not a fact. A situation that may be stressful for you may not be stressful for me at all, sure. right? Sure, of course, yeah. So the way that I work with patients in this sense is that just to help them by controlling and managing their thoughts, they can control their stress. When they can control their stress, they can activate the parasympathetic nervous system instead of sympathetic. You just told us that parasympathetic is rest and digest versus sympathetic, which is fight and flight. When you are in peace, then your digestive system is going to be in peace. When you're all worked up, and you're worried and you have all these thoughts that things are not going to work the way that you want, that's when you basically add a stress to your second brain, which is your GI system. So the whole thought working with patients with functional GI disease in terms of mindset is work on their thoughts and help them manage their thoughts so they can get empowered and they can reduce their gut symptoms. Wow, that is really just remarkable work because it kind of ties in everything that we just talked about before, right? How there's all this crosstalk between the brain and the gut, gut and the brain. And so being able to like access that part of the autonomic nervous system, the one that is responsible for kind of resting and, and digesting, that part will help 
patients, but you know, anyone out there listening, if you have some type of issue that might be related to, you know, your brain, but it's affecting your gut, that's going to help. Right. Exactly. I, I like the way you kind of said stuff about the mindset and really re reframing the way we think about things. So, you know, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I've been really into meditation for a very long time since like mm -hmm. 2004, like after my, so my dad actually, he had colon cancer and he passed away from it. So when I was dealing with, you know, the stress of, you know, his passing and dealing with everything at the time, you know, I also kind of had a lot of GI issues myself. And I mean, that wasn't the trigger to get into meditation. The, the main trigger was because of what happened with my dad. But like, you know, over the years, having practiced mindfulness and meditation, what you're saying makes perfect sense because there's stuff that happens in the world that we don't have any control over, right? Like I had no control over my dad passing. Exactly. You don't have a control over you having an exam, but you do have mm -hmm. the control over how you react to things that happen. And whether exactly. you, you do it in kind of like you were saying, like a limited, limited belief, limited mindset versus one of abundance where like, you know, th there's infinite possibilities. Those are two ways of approaching a problem, you know, or a situation. And so I think that if you can be able to like harness that, it's really helpful, but it's not easy to do in real life. Like you, it's something you have to constantly work at. Right. And so being, yeah. being able to like access that, whether it's through meditation or yoga or stuff that's going to calm you and put your mind at ease, make you feel centered. I think that will help out so much to access this thing that you're talking about. Right. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. Um, so as you said, it's just all about mindfulness and mindset work. That's actually the mantra that I uh, defined for myself for 2021. And it's not easy. So as mm -hmm. you said, because you think, okay, just like, you know, we can easily work on our thoughts. It's not. So no, it's that's not. just something that needs constant work, even when you know that uh, everything comes and everything starts off a thought, still it needs a lot of energy to basically choose your thought wisely. Mm -hmm. You have, just imagine you have all these infinite possibility. You have your thoughts, all these thoughts are available for you. There is a spread of thoughts uh, in front of you. We tend to always pick the limiting thought because of the function of primitive brain that wants to protect us against failure, against right. anything unknown, against things that we don't know because of evolution. The way that human brain evolved was that we were living as cavemen and we were exposed to a lot of dangers and we didn't really have any tools to protect us. So this brain had to come up with all these thoughts in order to protect us from being killed by wild animals, from just basically getting stopped by other people in just the enemies in the other tribe. So all these things. So that's the product of thousands and thousands of years. And you cannot change it by just like a day. Right. But I think the first step is that to be aware of the thoughts that you choose and know that you always choose your thoughts. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, a lot of points you brought up and, you know, the thing is, too, it's just so interesting. You're a GI doctor who would have thought in 
you know, a million years that <laughs> the, the treatment is the treatment is the thoughts in the brain, right? It's not some pill. It's not really some food, even though the food can help, right? But ultimately, mm -hmm. it's really you know mind work working working with your mind. And like you said, like you you beautifully put it, this has been an evolutionary process that has happened over millions of years to protect us from danger. But now it's kind of a detriment, right? But the thing exactly. is, it's doable. You can change it, but it takes work because you're basically deprogramming your mind to think how it hasn't thought maybe ever in its life. So, but, but, you know, over time, you know, over the course of weeks, maybe months, years, you can change those thoughts. And, and the thing is, like, you know, even apart from your own work, like, we get so caught up in our day to day that sometimes we think that what's happening to us and the thoughts we're having that the feelings we're having they they are us but they're not you know and that's the mm -hmm. powering part about all of this so i love what you're doing i think that it's amazing work and i you know i hope it continues to help many of your patients out there you know yes it's mind blowing when you think about it and uh, i think that's going to be uh the future of functional GI uh, diseases. And that's how we can actually help our patients. Right, right. Okay, so I got we got to wrap this up because we're running out of time. It's been so fun talking to you, but I'm not going to let you go without you answering this last question. So I ask all my guests, how do you define health in your own words? And what does that mean for you? So that's a very interesting question, and I actually had to think about it in order to come up uh, with an answer. But I was thinking, um, so you know, for years and years, the definition of health was the lack of physical disease, right? Right. Uh, if you don't have so it's like any the absence, physical, the absence of disease, exactly, right? the absence of disease was what defined health. Later on, uh, WHO uh, actually added the components of mental health to the equation, uh, which is very important. You cannot be healthy without having a healthy psyche or a healthy mental status. It's very important. People who are severely depressed, they may not have any physical condition, but they cannot function, so they're not healthy. I want to take this step further, and I want to tell you, actually, you cannot be healthy if you don't have a healthy gut microbiome. And I think that's the future, and that's the definition of health in future, because we know that our microbiome, the way that I uh, told you earlier, they affect all our organs, our systems, and mainly they affect our brain. And that's something that I think the future of uh, medicine and uh, future of basically research is going to be focused on our gut microbiome in order to ensure that we stay healthy. Amazing. I love that answer. All right, we got to go. But before we do, where can people find you online? So I'm uh, active in social media. Uh, people can find me on Instagram and Facebook under my handle, MindGutFitMD. I'm also on Twitter, less active on Twitter. I have a website, MindGutFitMD.com. And yes, people can find me there. 
Awesome. Well, we'll have those links also in our show notes for this episode. So Peristu, thank you so much for being here. This has been so, so much fun talking to you, actually. I've really enjoyed our talk. I hope we can, you know, have another talk in the near future. Thank you, Jana. It's all pleasure. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be here. It was an amazing talk, as you said. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I cannot uh, wait to come back anytime. Thanks for having me. For sure. We'll see you soon, okay? Stay safe out there. You too. So, how was that? And how about Dr. Jungkook? Such a wealth of GI knowledge and her work is fascinating. I really had a lot of fun talking to her, so I hope that you had fun listening and that our discussion helps inspire you to view and treat your gut better. Please reach out to Dr. Jungkook and me to let us know how this episode was for you on our social platforms, which you can find the links to in our show notes. And I'm always interested in improving this show. So email me at drjonar at gmail.com if you have any suggestions on topics you want to hear or how we can make the show better or to just let us know how a specific episode or guest helped inspire you. I look forward to hearing from you. So thankful to Dr. Jungkook for being on the show. And as always, so thankful for you tuning in. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe, like, and review my podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends, family, and online because sharing is caring. Thanks again to the wonderful and smart Amelia Liu, my intern, to Jacob Ferrer for production help and to Stock Sounds for the music. And lastly, to you. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, your state of health starts with your state of mind. So till next time, enjoy the process, my friends. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice, so please talk to your primary physician for that. In addition, the views and opinions expressed by me are my own and not that of my former, current, or future employer. This also applies to my guests. Finally, we do our best to make every effort to relay correct information. We do not guarantee its accuracy. Thank you for listening.